you might be wondering why some Eurobeat is playing right now. He, he didn't tell us what. He didn't tell us this part. Yeah, I thought about this after the incident. And okay. The, you might be wondering why this song in particular is playing. And uh, for anybody who is into these kind of memes, they probably already know, but here it is. So we recorded an hour and a half of this episode once, and we're doing it again because the audio was destroyed in a fiery crash of just pure disaster. So we're going to try this again. Just have a little bit of deja vu. Thanks oh, for that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so long story short, we tried recording this episode a week ago. And uh, we got about, I mean, it was already a pretty rough start. We got like a half an hour in and my internet crashed and we had to re restart a little bit in there and then we recorded about another hour and 10 minutes and then the audio ate itself and then we tried again the next day and right when we were about to start austin's internet completely died so here we are <laughs> try number three back at it again and we also realized that this episode is going to be pushing probably a little over two hours, so we're splitting it in half because that's too long. Yeah, you know, all I got to say about that is uh, it definitely happens to the best of us, so. <laughs> <sighs> Cheer cheers to that one. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about Colors 2 today. We're subjective waveform. <laughs> Thank you. There's an S at the end of that. Uh, Wait for a long with weekend. A Z. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, let's change all the branding. Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll only talk about Fred Durst and anything that he does. I will kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we are subjective waveforms. I am Casey Kaufman. I'm Lealar. I'm Austin Schuler. <laughs> I'm still sad about the Fred Durst bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was shooting for. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're going to finally talk about Colors 2 for the second time today. And it's going to be great and you're all going to love it. <sighs> <laughs> God, yeah, I, I just can't get over how sad I am. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess we should just start with the the answers to the people's questions from the Q&A at, at the live show. We can actually talk about the live show without having to worry about spoilers anymore because the tour has officially ended. So Everybody's been dying to just hear all of this juicy, juicy content. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know they have. Everyone who actually listened to the first Colors episode... They're on the edge of their seat right now, and we're just dragging it on. <laughs> so I guess, Austin, if you want to take it away. Oh, yeah. I honestly forgot about this segment at, over the course of the last week. I did, too, until I looked at my notes. I was like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so I was I remembered I was tasked with asking uh, on the song prequel to the sequel when uh, Tommy says, comfort if that was one or two words and after a delayed laughter we got our answer it's not comfort as i thought it's actually come fart so we have it it is come fart two words thank you for waiting officially confirmed <laughs> and for anyone who's wondering in uh, revolution in limbo when he says monotonous drought it is, in fact, monotonous drought and not my nuts on this trout. I was a little disappointed with that answer, but, you know, the truth is the truth. You know, Tommy, you disappoint me just just a little bit, just, just slightly. But uh, it's okay. We still love you. 
I mean, if they were going to get away with that on any album, you know, I feel like this one would be it. I actually learned some interesting news about oh, Colors 2. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I had you. a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, so they didn't name it Colors 2 until after they were done recording the entire thing. Really? Yeah, apparently. Uh, That's I found, interesting. I found a thread that was going over pe- like some of the questions people asked at the Q&A, and apparently one of them was when did you know it was colors too? And they said that they'd had it like recorded and, and that's when they decided. So that's pretty interesting. If that's actually the case. Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, it's based off of a thread, so I assume it's correct, but if it ends up being false, we'll cut this episode. (laughs) Cut it, delete it. Get rid yeah, of well, it because burn we it. Can ne- we can never be wrong. Yeah, we'll actually uh, just completely burn this whole thing and never talk about this episode again because yeah. I'm not recording it for a third time. Yeah, I really hope not. No, dear God. I might have like full on PTSD over it. Nope, not <sighs> so, again. I, I've, our, our overarching notes at the beginning has been. I don't know, not needed, but this is the one time where I feel like my notes actually have some sort of significance. So, my overarching notes, I guess, when I was listening to this the first time, is that the album starts at a pretty good level and shoots up and then plateaus through the entire album. And there's not really many that, like, peaks or valleys for me until human as hell and then it shoots up again. That was my first thoughts. But we'll talk about it more when we get further in to the album, how Mm -hmm. that changed over time. But it was a very interesting listening process for this album. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Um, This album is pretty, pretty nuts. It's got a lot of stuff going on. A lot more than most of their albums. I mean, it's just like, all of their albums have a lot going on, but this one has so many like callbacks and just like little tidbits in there. It's, it's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Austin, do you have anything you'd like to say before we hit monochrome? Just like my overarching thoughts are, I still dig the transitions. Like it, it stayed true to uh, colors being a, feeling more like a cohesive one song album not necessarily in story but in the songs all flowed very well um and i was a lot more uh appreciative of that they didn't go as crazy on the number of different guitar riffs throughout the thing there was some returning melodies there was uh, songs felt more cohesive as a whole so yeah good really, point. Uh, yeah yep really good and improving on my only complaints on colors one was uh just how it un non-cohesive it felt even though all the songs had really good transitions this one felt a lot more cohesive so. yeah i agree with that yeah definitely and i mean even just uh you know just even jumping into the first song there i feel like it's one of the best transition pieces like just initially like as an intro song to transition you into the rest of the album it's phenomenal yeah uh monochrome is probably one of my favorite intro songs that they have Mm -hmm. it just it hits every every point because i mean i I feel like every intro song kind of has its its shtick and this one kind of changed throughout it, it. It covered a lot more bases while also still being a short intro song at only three minutes and 14 seconds. I mean, it starts off, you know, that nice and quiet, just Tommy in the, in the piano. And then by the end, it's getting heavy and getting ready to just go right into double helix. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Do we have any other notes that we want to go over with monochrome? Yeah. I mean, one, one thing, 
<clears throat> that I noticed is like it's already just starting to build like a theme of like an 80s 90s uh retro-y sort of vibe like like even just the the synths and and the the guitar and just everything that's going on in that intro um just that that beginning part is really retro to me um and it's very catchy and vibe it has a certain vibe to it that uh just is awesome yeah very nice song to get you ready for the heavy thriller of double helix yep yep so true which is the most colorsy slash alaska e song on the album in my opinion it definitely feels like alaska Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is hectic, scattered, uh, in a good way. Uh, it just like an all-out assault when you first listen to it. Going through, it's very. Uh, it it feels like colors or not colors like Alaska. Yeah. In in a serious way, so. That may be a little bit more complete, I guess. <laughs> Cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call back to that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a I I have a few different notes on this. Uh one being that it's just it's a good mix of of really progressive elements and really heavy elements um which I I feel is just like a combination which is really great of trying to bring back that Alaska um those original colors sort of vibes, but also just do something different. Cause I feel like they're, they're doing a lot of different stuff. Um, they're really pushing the envelope. And I mean, as a band who has always done that every single time, they've always just tried to like push something to an extreme that we've never really heard it before. And they, they just keep continuing to do it but it still has this really awesome vibe of, of everything that came before it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the whole culmination of this album. I think it's Mm -hmm. just, they push everything, but also somehow stick to their roots. Yeah. Which is just, it's crazy how they managed to get it all to meld together. No, absolutely. And it there there's so many moments of just um like references and callbacks and just I I mean even just uh I I don't think that this is a a callback at all, but there there's a line in here um in this one that is remember the good old days, the robot would say. And it's it it it's minor little stuff like those lines that just really stick out of nowhere and they they are so memorable at least to me um and then just they're they're really strange and out there lines like what does that even mean yeah <laughs> you know i mean i think my favorite lyric in this song is uh between the buried and me yes <laughs> yes yep and uh, genius yep <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't even catch, it took us, it took me a lot of listens to even catch that that's what he was saying. Cause I'd uh-huh. always be doing something when I was listening to it. I didn't notice till you pointed it out to me. So every I time never pointed, I never pointed it out to you. It never happened. Oh, sorry. This episode hasn't happened before. This is the first time. <laughs> never happened. Every time I hear it, I just think of the, the DiCaprio meme of uh, <laughs> <laughs> where he's just pointing at the screen. Like, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh God! All right, do we want to get to some clips? Yeah. yeah. All right, we so got like, we got time for clips. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of time for clips now that we realize how long this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so at two eleven, we've got this. Uh, we've got the air horns, which we found out was Blake's idea from the Q and A as well. Yep. And into a really strange beat. Let's uh, pull this up here. This beat makes me feel things. I don't know what those things are, but it makes me feel them. I want to watch him play this. Yeah. 
because there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I, I just really need to see him play that just so I can actually fully comprehend really what it is he is doing. Yeah, there is a lot going on there. A lot of Tom work. And yeah. it's just really strange. But I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, that part's uh, really, really cool. This is probably my least favorite song to listen to on the album. But that being said, it's still a really good song. It's like mm -hmm. if I were to rank every song on a scale, this would maybe be like a, I don't know, like a seven out of ten instead of like a 10 out of 10. So it's, it might be my least favorite it's not song. not saying much. But it's... it's still a really good song. Yeah, it, it it's... I, I think it's just a really good... Um, just demonstration of just them being just he super heavy again. Um, just hearkening back to a, an earlier... Uh, more revoltive time, uh, especially just after, you know, they've done some more like radio friendly sort of things and like some shorter songs. Um, th this is definitely one of the longer songs and it slays like it's pretty heavy through and through. So it's actually not that long in the grand scheme of things. It's only six minutes. I mean, yeah. and this is, this is an album full of, shorter is not exactly the word that you can use because I mean, we're sitting here as, as BT BAM fans like, Oh yeah. Five and a half minutes really isn't that long, <laughs> but for some people that's, that's like two songs. Yeah, no. So, and, and it is, it's, it's long in, in like a general sense, but right. yeah. Yeah. For like any prog metal fan, that's like, yeah, it's not a 17 minute rock opera, you know? Yeah. And uh, We'll talk about it more once we get to some of the even shorter songs, but Between the Buried Me really showed that they don't have to have long songs to be good or to make good songs. No, it's, it's crazy how much they can really shove into these uh, few minutes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you have any clips between there and five minutes? Uh, you know, I, I think just right even at, uh, at four minutes here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, all right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Tommy. Oh, yeah. It's just like a really like a uh, like a sci-fi. Uh, I feel like I'm in the Matrix. Yeah. I don't know. It it's really like dystopian sci-fi. Uh, that that was, I just I really liked that moment because I I wasn't expecting that and that was like really cool. Um, I I really enjoy like Tommy just being super comfortable with doing just random keyboard synth stuff and and it all works because i feel like a lot of their stuff like you know it, it it's the synths like work their way in but you never really notice it like too hard and th this is just one of the moments that it just definitely stood out to me and was really amazing yeah yeah there's a lot of tommy's like synth work mm -hmm. in this and like a lot more than usual. And I like it a lot. I think, yeah, I think it, they did a good job. It really shines through on this album. There's, there's like, like it, it's actually like integral to the, the parts that are on there. Um, and I know like Tommy's done since forever and ever and ever. Um, and they, I, I just feel like they, they've used it as an added element to it, but this is like a, a really good, this album in particular, like it really shines through as like an actual part of the band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's way more prominent. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I have another clip at, at about five minutes here. Yep. Um, and it'll probably go until close to the end of the song. Cause it just kind of covers two, two hits here. So yeah, five Oh five, here we go. This transition here, 
is a my reflections transition. Oh yeah. So I expect royalties, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's such so like a, heavy. It's such like a dirty distortion. It is. It is so dirty. Like I can already see them hooking up a rock band mic and recording that. <laughs> I mean, they they just went for the grungiest of grunge, like like oh. trashy sounds of distortion, and it's yeah. it, it paid off uh, a billion times over. That's such a good sound. Oh, yeah. It if it's if it's phenomenal. a small clip, not the whole song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, for that one part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no one likes to listen to that for 10 minutes. I mean, open your mind, you know, grind, grindcore, you know, listen to some yeah. grindcore. Oof. <laughs> no, thanks. Maybe you should try liking good music. I don't know. You're right. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> hey, do we want to go and uh, do Design the Skyline real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, 100%. cool. Let's do it. Let me pull up a clip. You heard it here first. We're doing Design the Skyline. Uh, I don't remember what album that's off of, but we'll figure it out and we'll do the whole thing. We're doing it, and Austin's being a part of it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Might be one of our April Fool's episodes. Don't worry about it. Yes. So, I don't think we have it. I mean, that's the end of the song. We'll just go right into Revolution if you guys are good. Yeah, yep. All right. So, we've already talked about Revolution and Limbo and Fix the Error. That was like a month ago, so I don't fully remember much that we talked about, but... We have different notes this time around anyway, because, you know, we already talked about it once and we'll probably not stick on them too long. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fix the Air is a relatively short song, so it's we've picked up a couple new things, but really we'll we'll try and move through these two at a relatively quick pace. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I, I have a, a just a couple of things. Uh, one, Tommy at at one point in the song says top of the morning to you yes so yes he does yep yep so (laughs) this is just a meme album it's so weird like i i love it to death but they got away with a lot of memey stuff going on here they really brought back a lot of the silly lyrics which is which is hilarious they brought it back like in a in a interesting fun way and not like we're being cringy memes you know yeah yeah and uh oh my god and i know we talked about this before but uh blake blake doing like some cannibal corpse vocals on there insane yeah yeah i can't wait for him to actually do this song live because i want to see him screaming while playing the drums i mean sure it it goes well It's it's intense. I've I'm really impressed because you know I've I've went back and uh, I've been jamming some some Cannibal Corpse since then, and Blake does a spot on impression. Like it, it, he should be doing some vocal covers. I don't know. We should uh, we should try and reach out to him and see. I'll pitch the idea to yeah. him. I mean, especially if he's going to be starting up his streams again since the tour is over. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll make sure to put the idea in his ear and we'll see what happens. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but uh, I mean, the only other thing that I have is just like, it, I, I see why this is like one of the singles that they released because it, it, it clearly is a single, but it, fits in cohesively with the rest of the album like the way they structured it was gorgeous and beautiful um but i i I definitely see why this is like something they were like yeah people want to hear this first you know yeah i mean this song is amazing yeah i mean they had fix the air first first but yeah yeah which we already talked about but it's Mm -hmm. really interesting how people's viewpoints of these songs changed once revolution and limbo was actually released and people's enjoyment seemed to go up once they got a little bit more of the uh uh context i guess yeah yeah exactly um i have a clip 52 seconds i like the way the 
guitars mute themselves in this part. I don't know why, it just gives me the good, good music feeling that we all strive for when we listen to our, our music. It's just, there's just something about that little bit of guitar work. I really like yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's it's really, uh, cra- like, it's cr- been crafted well. Yeah, um, they- it helps... I guess the lyrics stand out a little mm-hmm. bit more like the vocals. And I like that. It just gives Tommy a little bit of room there with the, with the chorus. Good mixing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. There, there's been a lot of really good decisions in the mixing this, this go around. Uh, I, I don't have like v- any complaints about the mixing at all. It's, yeah. it's it was done phenomenally this this round holy shit and this is about the time where i started to kind of get that there was a cohesive idea started with the mm-hmm. uh, lyrics in this album um it might not be a concept but i was just starting to get hints that oh hey maybe the this might not be a full story but a few of these songs definitely make one whole story have some similar themes yeah i mean Mm -hmm. it it keeps talking about uh, it keeps referencing itself throughout so it still flows very well and and calls back to itself among other albums yeah and i like that um and the lyrics in this song specifically kind of harken back to the feeling and concept of son of nothing on colors one um I mean, with the whole idea of like the lyrical part, uh, keep your eyes to the floor, follow the repressive maze, keep your eyes to the floor, a city built on pain, drench yourself in our ideas and hey, top of the morning to you is in there. Uh, keep your eyes to the floor, follow the dotted line, a maze created for productivity. It really goes back to son of nothing. And I, I like that a lot. It doesn't full on copy it, but it just gives you the same feeling. Yep. And that that's definitely a theme that you'll, I, at least I noticed certainly like throughout this entire thing is like, yeah. And, and that is really strange that they didn't call it colors too till afterwards. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> cause, uh, cause there, there's a lot of stuff that really harkens back to that and really references the you know the original colors so yeah exactly well i mean they they really call back to a lot of their albums so i wonder if maybe true if the if it's true that they didn't name it colors two until afterwards that it, they looked at it like well i mean we reference colors the most so <laughs> let's just do colors two i guess <laughs> Col- colors two electric boogaloo yeah, like at what point in the process did they decide it was Colors 2 was after it was all said and done or like towards the end of it, I'm yeah. wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I have one more clip here in this song. I don't. Do you guys have any other clips for this song? No, you're good. Okay. Well, at 3.08, I really like the way Tommy uh, sings these lyrics with a little bit of a breakdown in the background. In this album, the way that he crafts his lines, he just he just does such a good job of delivering them. It's just so much fun to listen to him as an instrument. Oh, 100%. That line right there. A city built on your pain. Bodies hanging. Cranes hanging your lifeless bodies. Yeah, 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 that's it. Oh, that's intense. It's fucking heavy and it's so cool. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, this song sounds to be like, you know, it just sounds like a narration of, you know, those Amazon work cities. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yes. honestly, that could be, that could be where this is all coming from. I, I mean, it's probably more so like the, <laughs> the old, the old, uh, the old versions of those cities before unions were a thing mm-hmm. in the United States and where we're heading to now. Well, let's steer of... away from yeah. that topic. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't want to get canceled by Bezos? No. All right. Well. He has way more money than me, despite popular belief. 
So, um, you, you know, actually, I do have a clip. I, I just, I really enjoy this part. It is right around 520 here. This really gives me a redneck bar fight variety hour vibes. Yes, that was exactly what I was thinking. Like it, it's just this bar scene. People are having conversations in the background. Much more civilized, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then it's this, like, gypsy, like, this gypsy guitar vibe, which I love. Got it. It's playing in some of those uh, fun areas of music. Yeah, there, there's some really interesting stuff in there. Um, it's almost like it's progressive metal. <laughs> we... We talked Almost. about this clip before, but I just want to do it again. Um, here, hold on. I just, I feel like we need to highlight this one more time. Oh, is this from? Wait. Oh. All right. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to bring um, back the moan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, fix the error. <laughs> uh, How do you feel, Casey? Uh, I feel great. Okay. We might need to take a break. No. <laughs> <laughs> I need a bathroom break right now. Oh, like a five-minute bathroom break, or is that yeah. too long? Uh, maybe too long. We'll see. Oh, you need cleanup time. <laughs> um, so fix the error, huh? Yeah, fix the error starts with, you know, the the uh, drum roll and fucking Dan Briggs again. Ooh. Getting yeah. it with the fucking bass solo. Uh, and I'm going to be a broken record with every one of these albums every time Dan gets a chance to to shine. Because I will point it out every fucking time. Mm -hmm. I love what he does. And uh, a note, uh, when they were three shows from finishing the tour, he actually came up positive for COVID. So, which is unfortunate. Um, but... Being the professional that he is, he went back to his hotel room, recorded all of his parts uh, on keyboard and bass, so that way they could finish out the last three shows. Um, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, someone, I don't know how realistic this is, but someone took a picture of a potted plant on stage afterwards, and I'm wondering if they put that in Dan's place so there was something there. No way. <laughs> and I'm hoping they did, because I think that would be hilarious. That would be amazing. All the bass parts Do just we... being played by a potted plant. <laughs> Do we have to just ask them this at the next VIP section? We might. Um, I saw something about it online, and I'm hoping that's true, because that would be hilarious. That's amazing. That is, that's awesome. I mean, and, and good on Dan. Wow. That that's musicianship to the next level, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, especially with that whole set, sitting in your hotel room and playing that like it's live. Yeah, that's that's something. I mean, th I mean, you have to think about that. Like, obviously, they at this point they've got it down to a pretty good science. But if anybody makes a little mistake or something, things get a little off. That mm -hmm. could be that could be a mess. But yeah, apparently it went well. Wow. So. That's yeah. nuts. Very good proud on, of good on them. I'm very, I'm very proud of Dan. So thank you for finishing out those shows. I'm glad I got to see you, and I'm very sad that some people didn't. But yeah, next tour. Yeah, but I mean, fucking slated it on this song though. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Absolutely. Live, especially. Oh, oh this yeah. song live. We'll talk about the live part more here in a second. I have one clip that I want to do. Uh huh. And it's at 43 seconds. I just really like Tommy's vocal style. And then Blake's ride symbol here is just nuts. Blake has magical hands. Oh, yeah. Yep. Those magic hands. I got a hug. It was worth it. Okay. But yeah, and and Tommy's vocal styles throughout this whole album, obviously phenomenal. But there's just little times where he does something. I'm like, God, I just really like that like grungy tone that he has with his voice. There, it's just, it's fun. 
Yeah, he does, like, just the entirety of this album is a lot of, like, some really interesting vocal choices. Um, and, and it plays off. Like, it, it just, it it's really great. Tommy does some really uh, new, I like, he plays with some new vocal ideas. And typically when, when people do that, like, as a vocalist, like, I know people are not fond of, like, vocalists changing styles. Uh, every single time he does something different, I'm like, that's cool. That's inventive. Like, all right, let's try something new. And it's the same for just, I think, this entire song. I think, you know, that's like if a vocalist changes their entire style for an entire album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that getting a little weird if you're really used to something else. But Tommy just flows so well. But it's like a. Oh, God, I'm going to get nerdy here. It's like a sine wave mm-hmm. uh, for anybody who knows. I'm my engineering side's coming out, but he reaches these really weird points, but it always comes back to his core sound at some point. He doesn't stray away for too long. He'll always come back to that sound that you're used to, but he'll branch out and try something different. Yeah. There's been a lot of experimentation for the last few albums. I think specifically starting on uh coma ecliptic. Yeah. Is where yep. the the experimentation of just some different stuff really started to come to the forefront because I think Parallax had a lot of very safe vocals for if I'm remembering correctly there wasn't a whole lot of sections of vocal experimentation and just seeing yeah. it like just seeing it like play out more and more as uh going past Coma Ecliptic and beyond like it's right. really cool seeing all the different styles that he's flexing into and trying out and calling back to because I feel I think there's a couple of times he's done a similar vocal style across two different records uh, that just were similar to each other in very isolated circumstances but I didn't look do enough research to like back that up with anything (laughs) with any solid evidence yeah I just feel like he's probably done it yeah no well and and that's legit and I I think uh, at, at least specifically for this album it's not only like just for Tommy though. I, I think that that could be said for the entire uh, band as far as just like them being very experimental. Um, Cause I, I really have to say, and I'll, I'll definitely mention it a few more times. This is the most fun that I've had listening to a BT BAM album. Because uh, yeah. like, cause like, not that I don't enjoy, like I I love and enjoy every single one of them, but I think this is like the most fun. This is like they just wanted to have fun and just do what they want to do, and it sounds great. It's like they have heavy moments, but it's not like it's not an album of trying to be heavy just to be heavy. Yeah, I like you yeah. know. I think you're really onto something there because. Tommy came out and said that this wasn't a concept album because he had, he basically had to write a novel for every one of his concept albums and he was just kind of tired of it. He wanted to do something different. I think they just kind of wanted to have a good time yeah. instead of really forcing something. They're just like, let's just, let's just play mm-hmm. and see what happens. And yeah, I yeah. Think you're and, onto that. And I mean, even just with this song, like one of my main notes is, uh, how to make a, a happy punk song in 2021, you know? Because yeah. it, it, it's so weird to say, but for BT Bam, this is a punk song. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's all under prog metal. It all counts. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you said a while ago, Austin, about them kind of doing the weirder stuff or like branching out more, starting in coma... I, I had to think about Bloom, I guess, uh, okay. in Parallax 2. That, I mean, I feel like they do it more consistently later on, but Bloom yeah. was a very telling song of kind of where they were going to go. That's it's fair. A, it's a yeah, weird song. Point. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's fair. It's just the, the number of variances yes. in Parallax 2 felt a lot smaller. Yes, than absolutely. I mean, Thomas. that was like the only one. 
that really branched out. Yeah. But they, like they do in all their albums, they always have little signs of what they're probably going to do later. It's just you don't realize it until afterwards. Yeah. So uh, specifically, I want to highlight, um, I pointed this out in our previous recording, and then we di- uh, it died um, the at the live show, if we're okay covering this part of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's uh, the, the lighting department of this show was phenomenal for Fix the Error. Uh, just the color schemes throughout, and then on certain parts, uh, specifically the red light dark room section, every time he says red light, the entire lighting uh, setup would turn red, dark room, blackout uh, for that whole breakdown section. And then uh, the chorus bridge of if you see the rainbow there is no tomorrow yeah it's a bridge i would say well first i have to mention it goes red light dark like red light dark light wow dark room (laughs) yeah (laughs) red light dark room wow yeah uh jeez it goes red light dark room but then obviously it goes bleh so yeah, you can't important. forget the black. Yeah, you can't. You can't forget important. the black. Uh, if you see the rainbow, there's no tomorrow. Uh, as he's saying these lines, the light panels in the back are lighting up a rainbow across the backing of the entire uh, stage. Jeez, couldn't think of the word. Uh, and that was I don't know. Just just those two little lighting sections in addition to everything else going on during the show was just really cool to see it was a it was a welcome section of uh of the live show during their uh greatest hits section so yeah i look forward to watching that again yeah it was it was such a good moment for sure um yeah and the drum solo as well live really uh, cool to watch uh-huh really really cool um obviously it wasn't four drummers that showed up but blake nailed it he had a, i mean it was awesome watched him just go ham for as long as he does in that i don't know how long it is exactly but it's at least a minute i mean he's just going at it I, it's such a fun section and uh just something that i i have in my notes is you know again kind of kind of even just relative to to what you were talking about with uh with Dan is that BT Bam like really um uh, puts a lot of emph- em- emphasis on uh on just really making sure the the instruments stand out cuz uh you know like Dan really stands out on the bass and they've always done drum solos which not a lot of progressive bands do um you know like you can have a really cool drummer but there's never been like solo parts in a lot of bands songs uh and bt bam is like one of the bands that i'm really a fan of that they just they really hammer in uh you can put a drum solo in a song and have it be good yeah so i mean same with obviously bass solos not Mm -hmm. every not every band does that more should just gonna throw that out there yeah and i mean for me this part uh this song especially is an interesting take for me like it it reminds me of like uh a different take of telos because telos i feel like was a a really bass and drum heavy song especially like towards the later part like where they get into that instrumental break uh where it's just bass and guitar and they're just jamming and it's kind of the same thing here, like just in a different, way different world. Uh, but it, it's still the same thing. I love it. Yeah, I can't wait to get to that album at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for now, if we're ready, we, we can should... move on to my problem song. Oh, no. Never seen Future Shock. This, I've got a, I've got a problem. Uh this is about the time that I realized that my initial overarching uh, thoughts on this album were not my true feelings because I had to stop myself from having like 12 to 13 clips of this song. 
and I still have seven that I intend on showing off. Mm-hmm. This song is so much fun. They do everything in this song. Yeah. Literally anything. They're like, hey, you know, that kind of sounds fun. Let's just throw that in. Oh, you want to do that? Oh, yeah, let's throw that in. This will be great. I, oh, I love <laughs> this song. It might not be my, it might be my favorite. It, it's, it's close now that I've listened to it even more. Um, but this is definitely one of my top songs. It's just nuts. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty crazy song for sure. Um, but I have a clip right at the beginning. Uh, the, the Metallica guitars. Great. At 14 seconds. Yeah, here we go. I, I didn't even think that this sounded like Metallica until after you brought it up in the Deja Vu <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, it does, but I still love it. <laughs> it's it's it sounds like Metallica in the best way. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, Metallica was one of my stepping stones to get to where I am. I'll always appreciate that. So maybe that's why I appreciate this guitar sounds so much in this song is one of the things that just really stuck with me we're actually about to get to my second clip right now um which brings the synth in as well with that to back up those guitars and i love it oh it's fun i love that synth work that's such a such a like i wouldn't say traditional but like very uh very prog metally sounding synth right there because mm-hmm. that's that that sound of synth comes comes to light in a couple like it, it evokes i think like i said last time it evokes rush in a little bit yeah uh, evokes, I, yeah definitely evokes a little bit of dream theater just 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 kind of like evoking the feelings of those the, those other giants in the prog industry not necessarily prog metal but prog rock and the like it uh, right just has a it, it it it's cool to I don't know if there was an intentional hark into those but it it definitely feels cool to yeah. have those be yeah. called to in a way yeah uh, once again gotta compliment the synth work just in this entire album it's just it adds just a new element that we yeah. get to gush yeah. over yeah exactly yeah, Dan, and, Dan and Tommy did phenomenal on keys yep yeah I I just feel like yeah again they they definitely stick out as as something more of of uh of a main part of the instrumentation yep uh more so than on really any other album because i feel like before they were using it as like an additive thing which yeah that that's great like it adds to any thing like like any structure that they have as far as like um just being another element in there but this is definitely like yeah where this synth part is like the main part of the song you know yeah it's the melody yeah yes absolutely um do you have a clip before 204 i do not know because i i before two before two minutes like my only note is i'm not really sure what to think because you you had like the Metallica guitars and that that was like I that was the part that I just I wasn't sure what was happening I was like I'm not sure if I am okay with this I'm not sure if I like this like it's good uh but I wasn't sure where it was going to progress from there but yeah then after 2 minutes wow did it open up <laughs> yeah don't worry it progressed uh-huh right into this crazy fucking renaissance fair shit like what i'm so into this i'm so into this but it was like the first time i heard it i was just like Like, what what how (laughs) who came up this is another idea to ask about in the qa what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) who decided this (laughs) and i love them for it but it's so weird and again, like not saying that anything before that wasn't interesting, but it just it didn't really stand out. 
as right. much. And then that just comes in right at two minutes and you're like, oh, oh, like what? <laughs> like This is what this song is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you get the 80s drum part that comes in after uh, a bit. The 80s Tom fills. Yeah. Uh, oh, that makes my heart melt every time. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so good. Yeah, I'm glad they do it twice in this song. Uh-huh. Um, I I feel like you had a clip before 440, but uh, maybe not. I I had a all I had was just like some vocal stuff as far okay. as just remembering um that right around at four minutes, uh Tommy mentions a velvet room has a familiar smell. And then uh, at 4.35, he mentions peering into the sounds of Limbo City, or the souls of Limbo City, sorry. Right. Um, and and th- those two lines just stood out to me, um, obviously mentioning a velvet room. So I'm like, oh, that's immediately a callback to Coma Ecliptic, yep. which is awesome. Just a velvet room sm- has a familiar smell. You're like, oh, wow. That's a really cool line. Uh and I don't I don't recall, but is Limbo City uh uh any anything in the in the BT Bam, you know, universe at all? It definitely feels like a theme from something. I'm uh, I mean I mean it, I... it it almost feels like like uh melting like melting city or Yeah, I mean maybe it could be a callback to that, but I know I mean, by saying Limbo City, it feels like they're talking about the city that they really bring up in and before Revolution in Limbo. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it, it just feels like a callback to earlier in the album. But they also talk about, like you said, Melting City and Parallax, too. So maybe they could all be connected that way. I mean, I'm not sure. I just know when when something comes up like this... Um... Because Tommy has a lot of really obscure lines, but you know when something like Limbo City is mentioned, it's usually just in reference to something. But I'm I'm just not sure what on this right. one. Um, that that was the only things that stuck out to me during those parts. Um, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about lyrics, we may as well hit the other two. Uh, well. We are initially fed the same fears. Um, that's obviously an informal gluttony reference. Mm-hmm. And then we have the the gem. Uh, the ants on our backs, they have dropped from the sky. Yes. And I just yes. feel like I feel like Tommy was kind of just phoning it in there. He's like, you know, fuck it. Here it is, <laughs> you know, and and maybe so. I it's really interesting the the line right before that because that was something I put in my notes too is uh, trapped in our geometric nest of not giving a fuck. So <laughs> yeah, may, maybe maybe the phoning it in is right where that was like <laughs> not giving a fuck. You know, it's speaking of the the fuck word. I <laughs> the fuck I, word. I feel like I mean. BT Bam is not an explicit band per se. No, no, they They, are not. They use their fuck words very sparingly and at very good times, I think. Mm -hmm. They just always sound good. And we'll talk about that more in the future is behind us because they, they do not have very many explicit songs despite them being, you know, by making albums that sound like Parallax 2 where you would think that it'd be all explicit but it's really really not yeah no not at all and and yeah that just even that line right before the the ants line uh, just not giving a fuck i was like wow whoa that's that's an aggressive line uh for bt bam and then then tommy just drops this gem of the ants at our backs they have dropped from the sky i'm like oh definitely another colors reference okay (laughs) Yeah, really nailed that one on the head. Yeah. <laughs> and actually looking at it now, there is not an explicit tag anywhere on Parallax 2. Very interesting. Wow. I didn't think about it, but yeah, there's there's not a single one there. Which, I mean, makes sense for that yeah. album. Yeah, but... I mean, 
so I did a small cursory look just because that made me curious. Um, everything After Colors has one to two bucks per album. No way. Save uh, Coma and Automata 2 have zero. Um, <laughs> Colors 2 has three. Ooh. Okay, yeah. I can, <laughs> Alaska, yep, yep, yes, yep. Silent Circus, oh, no. and Between the Buried and Me all have above 10. <laughs> Silent Circus has 11. I want to say Alaska had like 14. I think Between the Buried and Me had 12. You know, <laughs> good good on them. They're, I, I really feel like they're just embracing like... Hey, Gross. we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to this old school material and make it like way better uh, for a modern age. And I feel like they did that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, keeping so. the same attitude, where they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna absolutely add some fuck into this." <laughs> yeah, just uh, just just because I was curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that was, that was a good note. I, I'm glad you did. Uh, I'm glad you went and looked that up. Um, but yeah, going back from that weird tangent we just went on that I really enjoyed. Um, at 440, this part is just fucking wacky. It's just weird. Got this nice little bit here, and then the weird guitar there. And then I'm pretty sure that's Tommy in the background. Just like. It could also be a guitar, though. It could be. It could be. There's just enough distortion that I don't know. And then that really weird vocal style that Tommy just used right there, it's just like... It's just all over the place. Singing and in your nose a little bit. God, and I, I love that, because it, it really brings back that exact, like, like just absolute like absolute chaos uh that was from like the alaska colors era but it also is like the the mixing and and just the execution is done way better so i feel like it's it's exactly that vibe from back then but bringing it now and holy shit do they it just it pays off it's so good it's so wacky, it's so wild, but it's so chaotic and heavy at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I my next uh, piece that I was going to show off isn't until 8.17, and I really feel like you had something between... Your... I had one at 8.04. Okay, you have one that at was, 8.04. That was, was the only timestamp I have on this whole album, because I am awful at taking notes like that. Yeah, that, okay. that, was, that was about it that I had. So. Okay. Um, well, then I guess I'll just start mine at 804 since it'll just lead right into whatever I was going to show anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here we go at 804. There's just a nice little dance section, right? I don't, I don't remember. I'm trying to figure that out myself. It's very nice. Oh, yeah. And then we have this part here. I always love when they do this sort of thing in their songs. They yeah. go back to the chorus, but then they have like the nice like tom the, fills and the, the the reprise. Yes, like that's it's a it's a musical reprise that just kind of fucks. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, I love that whole section there, and it just starts kind of wrapping up the song, even though there's a lot left. It starts kind of. Winding you into the end of everything mm. here. Huh. Goodbye to everything. Sorry. Um, uh, my my next bit isn't until nine thirty one. That's that was the one of the only other timestamps that I have for this yeah, song. Yeah, this one's yep. important because uh, it's Tool. <laughs> And it's so cool. Like, it, it doesn't sound like they're just copying. It's just... It's just so cool. It's yeah. such a good feel. Oh, I was listening to this album this weekend on my drive, and it's just like, I got to this part, and I was just like jamming behind the wheel, just 
Oh, yeah, Love it's it. it's really interesting because yeah, it's for me like it definitely it has this like retro vibe. Like you actually, if you wouldn't mind, just oh, let yeah, it play yeah. for a second. Actually, yeah, because I have another bit coming up too. Those 80s Tom's fills. I love it. And then um, this is where my next clip starts. And it'll actually have me bouncing to Coma Ecliptic. But this guitar riff right here, uh, driving back into the closure of the song, it's very reminiscent of Memory Palace. Here we go. That feeling right yes. there, I feel like really comes in big. Here it is, 824. Just kind of that uplifting guitar sound as they go back into the go into the end of the song. And I feel like it really just gives you the same kind of feeling. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, that was my last clip that I kept. Oh, that's mm-hmm. all I got for that song. In my list. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about maybe one of the best songs on the album? No, other than it's a banger through and through. Yeah, it's almost 12 minutes of just literally anything and everything thrown into a a pot. Yeah. We should probably get on to our last song for the episode, right? Yep, this is the this will be the last song in part 1. So, yeah, getting into Stare into the Abyss, I really like this song as a, a connecting piece. And it's still four minutes long, so it's its own song. But the, it, throughout this whole album, when I was you know actually listening to it for the purpose of taking notes, I had to pay attention to... Well, that was awful. Thanks, Discord. Thanks. Um, I had to actually pay attention to when the songs were changing and this was the only song where i was like oh oh we made it to a new song and it ended up being about halfway into stare into the abyss and i was wrong it was still the same song i could not get it right for the life of me so this is the only song where it just feels like they really change in the middle of it to yeah. a new song. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. No, I I think that's just a, a really good byproduct of just the structuring and I mean, not only just the structuring of the songs, but the structuring of the album. Cause they they did a just phenomenal job of just letting you listen. Yep. You don't even know when it's gonna happen. And you think it happened, and you're still in the same song. Yeah. 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 Like, they, they, they just, just do such a good job of that. Like, felt, this is phenomenal. Just really felt like they were trying to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, th- that's just even one of my notes is, like, this song feels like it is legitimately, like, an extension of the last song. And maybe, ultimately, like, maybe they didn't even mean to end it at 12 minutes maybe this was part of the last song and that that's just how i feel about this entire album is that like i never know i'm like should this have been like a a part of the last song you know because it 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 all just flows together so i i don't know it just feels like an extension yeah and they play it off so well yeah um this this song does a really good job of chilling out but not completely mm-hmm. like they, it doesn't like it, it's not like uh is it medicine wheel um, yeah i mean e- either or or like breathe in breathe out like yeah. they 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 all on alaska they they both are really great pieces but they don't tie everything together right whereas this one it it is just through and through every song transitions just straight into the next and it's amazing yeah um it they keep they keep you primed almost it's not they don't Mm -hmm. completely take you out of where you were at in the last song 
they just kind of bring it down a little bit, give you a second to relax before, you know, halfway through the song, just uh, hitting it and getting the instruments going again. Um, and I only have one clip from the song. Does anybody have anything before 314? No, I got nothing. Okay. You're good. Yeah, yeah, once again, I just really like the way Tommy makes these lyrics flow. He just makes this whole section flow perfectly. And I really like it. I mean, it's a good heavy part by itself, but Tommy just elevates it, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, just his voice as an instrument, once again, just mm. phenomenal. He has such great control over it. Yeah, I I mean, especially just for being like a, you know, a vocalist that does harsh vocals, but then can do literally just whatever the hell he wants to do. Yep. So um, it just works out. Yeah, that is, I guess, the end of part one, unless someone else has something they want to say about Stare Into the Abyss. I mean, just Stare Into the Abyss. Yeah. It's pretty dark. We're, you know? we're going to release this episode, hopefully this Wednesday, and then we'll release hopefully part two one week after since we missed a week in between after we had the disaster of recording Colors 2 the first time. So, which it'll all work out in the end since we're getting two episodes out of this because it's going to be so freaking long. So, yeah, uh, I guess we will see you guys next week when we start up uh, part two of Colors 2 with Prehistory. I'm really excited about that because that song is just so much fun. Yee yee. We'll see you very soon. Bye, everyone. See you next time.